there are things that we need to be paying attention to in terms of our, you know, interfacing with the other that we need to start addressing now. The human condition is being tested in a way that I think we're, whether it's something that comes from the sky or something that we're creating that's going to be difficult to actually coexist with, we need a, we need something urgent. Today we are talking about UAPs, a topic that I have been fascinated by, but sadly do not know a lot about, but it's great to be joined by these uh, astrophysicists <laughs> on the show and who have had some uh, some intrigue in this area. So guys, um, I wanted to take a look at what's happening recently with UAPs, the phenomena of that. And in this episode, I think we're just going to take like a big picture look and just ask some of the questions that we should be asking ourselves in this point in time. Um, so to begin, let's start with earlier this year, um, in June 2023, there was a military intelligence officer um, and whistleblower by the name of David Grush. I hope I'm saying that correctly. But uh, he revealed a, a program within the Pentagon, a, a retrieval program of unidentified anomalous phenomena. And um, so let's start there because I'm sure listeners uh, are aware or were aware of this event happening, but it was in the context of all this craziness happening in our lives. So I wanted to propose that question to you guys of like, in the midst of everything else going on this year, right, there's so many other current events we could point to. All of a sudden, the House Oversight Committee has this this thing. They have this hearing and then this whole program about UAPs and stuff. And I, and I know this wasn't the first time we're hearing about it, but it felt like a shocker to me. What did you guys make of that? And also, yeah, just like at this point in time, at, at this juncture, how, what what impacts does a UAP program or, or any type of phenomena in that realm, what impact does that have on us? I think it's, uh, I, th I think it has a, a tremendous impact on, on a lot of things, really on the totality of reality as we understand it. Um, and here's the reason why I say that. Number one, insofar as there are governmental agencies and uh, broader uh, structures involved in this and have confirmed some sort of involvement in this over the years, that leads us with two possibilities. Number one, the objective reality of UAPs, of, of um, unidentified uh, aerial phenomena, right? That there is something uh, there and... Uh, it deserves a further inquiry, right? That's option number one. Option number two is some sort of mass distraction. There's a, right. there's a better phrase for that that the government is using to kind of get the general populace onto a sort of a, a trail that leads away mm -hmm. from something else that may be as equally significant, if maybe perhaps even more uh, significant. So I don't know. But, but in, in my mind, uh, those are the two options. Uh, something, something big is happening. It's <laughs> just a matter of, right. uh, you know, one thing or another. Um, I, I'll just start by framing it like that. Maybe Edwin wants to jump on in and I could share a little more. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the first time I heard about the whole UAP um, phenomenon and uh, what was happening with um, Congress, 
was with uh, the uh, yeah, financial news aspect of it, where uh, I mean, folks haven't heard of Pilgrim Milgram, but she's uh, she's a great um, um, strategist and advisor around like, what's going on economically. And, and just a quick aside, if you ever want to try to figure out what the truth is, follow the money, which is follow mm-hmm. financial news because it, it's in their best interest. We live, we live in a capitalist, not only society, but uh, I think in a capitalist world. So if you really want to understand what's going on, go go to the financial news. Uh, these people, uh, it's it's it. There there there's no better incentive for our world than uh, than, than than making money. So those folks will real make quick, sure. Edwin, which which outlets in the financial news sector would you recommend just for someone who has never dove into financial news before? Oh, some of the basics are the Wall Street Journal, um, CNBC, Reuters, uh, Financial Times. Um, I would stick more to the global financial news, but a great start is like. Basically, Wall Street Journal. Everyone gets that advice, but it's so true. Yeah. Um, so, so it was through it was through this sector that you came across UAPs in an impactful way. Like as that's correct. As yeah, it, it was to your point, Lewis, about the a lot of the congressional um, concerns around what was happening there came to a peak recently with this news. But it's been happening over the past couple of years, and, and it, it's then people started paying attention because, to Joe's point, right? I mean, that level of sort of urgency around the subject um, warrants that you know the, that type of response. So that's what uh, that's why folks have been following. But it's been on a you know, down low for, and it, even now it's still not as uh, widely um, covered as uh, it probably should be. Um, but the the, the whole idea of UAP is, you know, by definition, is in its name, right? Unidentified aerial phenomenon. And it's something we don't quite understand, which there's kind of two very you know scary reality around that, which is, one, there's technology out there that is probably, you know, if, if it's here, um, means that it's far superior than anything that we have in the United States, which is which is cause for concern in of itself, even if it's human made. Uh, and then this, obviously, the second is um, if it's a if it's a if it's a technology that's um, beyond us, then uh, for various reasons uh, th- that that can be a concern. We can come back to this because I was uh, yeah. I've been thinking yeah. about this. How do we discern whether it's like worth our time to explore, like? The recent news about UAPs, how do we discern that it's that it's serious enough or that it's like like Joel was kind of alluding to that this might just be a distraction from from much more serious, urgent and important things in our world? Like what what should we be asking ourselves or kind of processing as we whether we're really interested in it or not? Like what should we be doing in in response to the UAPs? Yeah, it's a good one. You want, yeah, go ahead, Edwin. Pick pick that up because I'm still thinking about that. Yeah, no. the it's. I, I agree with you, Joe. I think this is mm-hmm. we, we got. We can't be. We can't be just too distracted from 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 all of this, right? Um, but what we do need to do is make sure that we're playing. We're paying sufficient um, 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 attention to not only this phenomenon, but uh, what I think is happening. 
the, a lot of folks have made this reference of uh, of um, what happens from uh, even a, a, a phenomenon that we've made ourselves, which is a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about artificial intelligence being a version of a phenomenon, right? We, we actually, right. Yeah. we quite frankly, we, we literally do not understand what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's, you know, let's say we were building a, a, a box and all of a sudden the box started talking to us Pinocchio style, right? That is a, by definition, a UAP, right? It doesn't have to be flying or anything, but that's a UAP. And the reality is that we, on all fronts, there are things that we need to be paying attention to in terms of our, you know, interfacing with the other that we need to start addressing now, right? Uh, so there, there's deeper philosophical, uh, psychological, uh, imp, you know, um, um, impacts that I think Joe could speak to because it, it's it's the human condition is being tested in a way that I think we're whether it's something that comes from the sky or something that we're creating that's actually going to that's going to be difficult to actually coexist with we need a we need something urgent i'd love to hear your thought on that joe yeah absolutely you know uh, within the field of philosophy and just to give folks a, a little uh, background here um you know philosophy as we've perhaps said in, in earlier episodes um can be understood as an academic discipline that possesses many sub disciplines um, each of which can be distinguished uh, in light of the kinds of questions that are being asked. So when we ask questions about knowledge, like how do we know <laughs> what we know or what is the truth in this regard, uh, that falls under uh, an area in philosophy called epistemology. And, and I think what Edwin brings up here is uh, very insightful insofar as positing the question of the uh, awareness or the lack thereof concerning the other, whatever the other may be, um, whether it's unidentified aerial phenomenon or UFOs, right, flying objects, whatever the case is, uh, uh, or or the uh, the coming forth of AI, right, from our own hands, magically it appears. Uh, these these things require an epistemic mode or disposition of humility, I would, I would articulate, right? That, that we have to be, in other words, uh, very aware and in tune with what we do not know and remain there carefully. Now, what do I mean when I say remain there? I don't mean let's remain in a place of ignorance, but to really safeguard this awareness of what we do not know. Now, now this, again, sounds somewhat abstract, so let's stay practical. What's, what's, what's the point of that, Joe, right? What's the point of remaining in the space or close to the, to the area of what we do not know? The importance of that is, is that that safeguards us from making certain epistemic moves without enough evidence, right? That would justify a certain belief. And uh, uh, evidence, uh, whatever that word may mean, and we would need to qualify that, is key, uh, as we move from proposition to proposition to to a particular rational conclusion, so we could jump the gun and say, "Oh, here's the answer to the UAP phenomenon. Here's the answer to how AI came about," and we can, by means of discerning certain patterns, arrive at a conclusion without careful analysis. So the importance of a sort of epistemic humility allows us to proceed 
carefully, cautiously in our thinking and in our analysis, which ideally safeguards us from particular errors, right? A small error at the beginning will lead to a greater error mm. long term, right? As Aristotle will say, well begun is half done. Mm. But in order to do that, we have to fight against a, a certain qualities of, of the human uh, of, of, hu- of, hu- of the human being, right? Right. We we have a tendency to jump the gun and, and say, "Oh, I think this is this, or it's that." And and so again, a disciplined approach uh, is key here. That all that sort of being said, a little background there. It is interesting to think about uh, UAPs in relation to. AI, right? Mm-hmm. Given given both the the timetable of which both of these phenomena are coming about, right. and and just thinking about the sort of unknown here. Of course, in one sense, we quote unquote are the creators of it, even though we have no idea how it came about. Let's say, mm-hmm. um, and 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 then the others, right? The other, the UAPs. Uh, it doesn't seem like we have created, right? Possibly, maybe this is something else. This is an in, sort of large-scale international play game. Mm. But this, of course, begs the question, how could that be the case, given what we have been uh, uh, um, presented with as uh, video evidence, right? Mm. So you see these things (laughs) doing things that seem to defy, seem is the operative word here, though, to defy the laws of physics. Um, And, and of course, we we can go a bit further into that, but, but... really weird and wild stuff yeah i um your what you were saying joe reminded me of mm. the military's new website the all domain mm. anomaly resolution office it's, it's aaro dot mil and basically uh the united states government released this website as like a compo- like just like a source of like hey like everything related to UAPs is going to be on this website and i think just mm. like the experience of like researching this episode was how i came across this website and then going to this website and like i don't know i guess like how was that dude how was right like, <laughs> i haven't like, checked it out <laughs> on the one hand I'll, I'll i'll put it in the chat so you can see what i'm talking about it because it's like All on right. the one hand i grew up on like early internet where it's like I've seen the web 1.0 with like all the gifts of like of like aliens and UFOs and stuff and star background like it felt like that but then I I'm just like reminded like this is a legitimate government website that is like talking very seriously and honestly about UAPs in a, in a way that is like the first time it feels like for me it's the first time that it's being legitimized and I guess it's because yeah. I'm just like you know, like a, a person that wasn't interested in UFOs and, and UAPs prior to what's been coming out this year. And so it's just like, it feels like I'm in a new space, like as just like, as a person living in 2023, that before UFOs were able to be relegated into the margins on it's like, just like fringe ideas. But now it's like, even though there's not a, a definitive kind of truth or answer into the phenomena that we're now seeing for the first time even if like some of these these clips are a year old it it feels like a new type of world in that there's just a bigger question mark in the sky Mm -hmm. versus before um 
and so it i think that's that's what's tripping me up because it's like here's this this area or topic in life that it didn't seem like it would have any sort of influence or significance on me personally like i don't you know like i don't really have any connection to to astrophysics like to the night sky to anything outside of that realm but just the truth of the government releasing this website like just that act that fact even if everything else is completely bogus like just the fact that there's this military website now um documenting all of this uh i think that has really it's like uh it's made me have to think harder about my worldview and my beliefs even though i i didn't like try to do that like i wasn't really seeking that out yeah and that's an honest assessment lewis and i appreciate uh you sharing that with us and and our audience because that's real right i mean it is real when you're confronted with this it's like whoa wait a minute Mm -hmm. um you know it, it it is a paradigmatically shifting event right it it will shift one's world view um if we allow it to also real quick i i I just because you reminded me i remember when we first started talking about it and the way that i was talking about the uaps like in my mind it was only like one potential answer to the uaps which is like extraterrestrials of some sort like some some living creature outside of planet earth um, being like the the origin of the phenomena, mm. but then when I was talking to you about it, you you presented like another potential scenario, which is like not that these are extraterrestrials like within this reality, but that it's almost like it could be like another reality. I, I don't mm. mean to like A butcher what you were, yeah, yeah, right, another dimension. Like, can you speak into that too, and also yeah. just. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you have invoked the word astrophysics a number of times uh, yes. so far in our <laughs> discussion. I did. And, 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 and rightfully so, understandably, right? Because again, what that does is it presupposes an alien other, alien here as extraterrestrial. And yet, and yet um, when we see this phenomenon, as far as I'm aware, and I haven't sort of done any extensive study in this area, but... Every time we have in, 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 in seen this uh, by means of video and whatnot, or even personal testimony, they are terrestrial phenomenon. Indeed, aerial, but they are terrestrial. Um, and th- the th- this is very interesting, right? Because why don't we see it in space? Why don't we see these objects with our Hubble telescopes and our, uh, you know, weird thing? And maybe we are, and maybe it's like, you know, in backroom discussions, NASA and other right. <laughs> governmental agencies, right? They've been noticing funky things, but, but it seems like it's within, right? The, the, the sphere of earth. And so, um, this raises some interesting questions. If they were aliens from from a, a far off place, many many light years away, um, you know, we we could ask ourselves certain questions uh, within the domain of physics and astronomy. Um, um, what kind of technology would they need in order to to sort of do that to arrive right. here? And then psychological questions. If that because if that's even 
uh, possibly applicable here as to, okay, they would travel, th- right, these aliens, right, uh, uh, come here, um, travel vast distances to then kind of like spy and play around with, with human beings, right? right. Uh, you know, check out military installation and, and kind of play ca- tag with, with F-16 firefighter right. you know, and yeah, disappear. Yeah. And, you know, all of these things, it's like, okay, uh, possibly, but, but what do we, right? So, so this raises the question of the potential uh, origin of these uh, phenomena as being interdimensional. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, and, and when you observe the, uh, these objects, if we can even speak of it as such, they do seem to to defy what we understand mm. currently uh, as physics. Right. Classical physics. Right. Going from zero to some crazy speeds. Right. Uh, in a blink of an eye, disappearing, mm-hmm. and then stopping in midair, and then mold, melding, these objects melding together, and then separating, and all of these wild things, mm-hmm. right? Coming into the water, coming out of the water, uh, no drag, there doesn't seem to be air resistance, there doesn't seem to be any propulsion system, these wild angles, right degree angles that it turns, and, you know, which would defy the law of of, of momentum, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or, or, or inertia, like, like what's happening here, right? right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, again, just some things that, that raise questions here. Edwin, please jump on in. I know you have some, something to say here. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking about what you were saying, Joe, and uh, mm-hmm. a sort of another type of phenomenon or origin point. Mm-hmm. Um, to first say that, I think we got to, yeah, I'm just going to challenge you a little bit on the <laughs> physics from an engineering perspective, there are things that are possible um, beyond us, way beyond us, but are still possible from you know from a laws of physics perspective, right? Mm. Uh, we just don't have the engineering capabilities today to even imagine what that might be. So I think a lot of the source of uh, what is what is possible comes from science fiction, um, and I think there's some strong uh, visionaries out there who who are sort of steeped in the physics that can tell us what is possible. Um, and that made me think, you know, if you, if you, if you play out a thought experiment, right. You say, all right, understanding the laws of physics, you know, the pos- the possibility of wormholes and, um, you know, some of the, you know, super you know, luminal, uh, uh, opportunities that might exist with the bending of space time, all of this, the Star Trek, right. Joe knows Star Trek a lot better than I do. Like, like if you if you if you really went into like the physics of Star Trek, for example, and you push it to its end, you start to start to get to some weird physics of time, and then you know time travel obviously is in everyone's imagination when when you start to push those limits. So my my question is, if that's true, why wouldn't if we fast forward ourselves millions of years from now? I mean, assume it, maybe, maybe we go extinct, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you fast forward ourselves millions of years from now and we eventually get to the bounds of physics, why haven't we seen time travel, right? Why haven't we interacted? Or, like, why aren't the aliens ourselves, right, coming back, you know, periodically to visit us? Because that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, just fast forward this tape millions of years. So either one, we've gone extinct, or two, the physics we think we understand is actually much more limited than we ever imagined. 
which means we're wrong. So there's like two, right? Because it eventually there's, you're not going to stop a human from time traveling once the technology gets developed. Why? I mean, how, how is that possible? Right. So that, that's, that's where my mind is right now in terms of uh, any phenomenons that are unidentified. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it is the nature of science to remain open to new possibilities, new discoveries, and thus uh, sort of updating of the current frame of, of awareness within within that said science. And so therein lies the possibility of of advancements that uh, we cannot at this point even imagine. You know, that being said, um, there isn't, and, and, and we can have this conversation, Edwin, as far as I'm aware, there isn't this sort of infinite plasticity with regards to science, such that whatever is discoverable now can easily be eradicated or, or reformed in some, some wild way in some, mm. uh, you know, here on to future. Um, so, for example, using some, some things that we do know, right, modern physics with the advent of Einstein and others, uh, let's think of Einstein's general theory of relativity, his understanding of the curvature of space-time and whatnot, uh, doesn't do away with classical physics, right? Doesn't do away with Newtonian physics insofar as Newtonian physics remains within an approximation and in the sort of lived experience of objects moving through space and time, right? Mm. So that general relativity and special relativity takes over when we get to extremely high uh, density, weight, energy, you know all this, Edwin, right? And so there's this sort of uh, add-on, not an eradication of one for the other. So that being said, let us think imaginatively, and, and Dr. Michio Kaku and others have done this with regards to, let's say, Star Trek, right? When physicists mm -hmm. think of, they, they look at Star Trek and they look at these and they say, okay, what is actually possible given what we know of science, mm -hmm. right? Um, teleportation doesn't seem to be possible because of quantum indeterminacy, right? <laughs> right? Uh, uh, the warping of space-time. That's possible, right? To, to exceed uh, light speeds. That seems to be possible for sure within the given physics. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so these are the things, right, that then when people say, well, these aerial phenomena that are observable, um, no propulsion system, okay, possibly, um, making these uh, aerial maneuvers that would destroy any biological life inhabiting those uh, 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 ships or, or whatever it is, unless there are certain things like inertial dampening fields. That's something right. invoked in something like Star Trek, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're going from crazy speeds and, and they're not being thrown around, right? right? They don't have to harness themselves because there is these sort of inertial dampening fields, right? Uh, uh, how do they explain teleportation in Star Trek? Uh, they have a Heisenberg dampening uh, systems, right? That uh. allow for, <laughs> right? So it's all of these things, right? But, but so these are possibilities, but it's like, okay, we do have to do a deep dive into the physics and to really think about, um, is this even, uh, what, what would this mean if this is indeed possible? Of course, this raises a question, like you said, and, and sort of temporal mechanics, time travel, mm -hmm. and all of that there. So, so Lewis, this is, this is a wild thing, man. <laughs> this is <laughs> to, a wild thing. To the, to the layperson just kind of interested in this phenomena and, like, and the way, like for me, I'll put myself in this category, like it, it's made me think more critically 
about epistemology, right? Like, how do I know what I know? And I feel like there's some value in that, even though I know I, I personally cannot find out all the answer, like try to figure out the science to all of this. I still feel like there is some value in in just having my understanding of the world kind of challenged in this way. And I wonder if like, if that is the value to to the layperson or if if there's actually an invitation for something greater in this moment you know like if if it if are we called to to just the curiosity of the uap phenomena or is it like in this moment maybe the call is something more than that like yeah um yeah just like a greater pursuit more than just satisfying curiosity do you guys have any kind of thoughts or responses to that I love I love that one, Lewis. Um, I'm reflecting on what Joe said. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe's right. Like it, it, at some point, we 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 do enter this unknown zone, right? And I, the minute you said that, Joe, I started thinking about dark matter. It's like, mm-hmm. like we literally can't see or interact with like X percent of the universe, <laughs> right? <Wow. Yeah. laughs> like theoretically, right? We it's like we right. we mm-hmm. like like the periodic table don't even exist in that part of the universe which which tells like so that's why i love your question lewis it's like how do we acknowledge the unknowns Mm. um and so so that's where my curiosity sits and honestly that's where i start to embrace some of the metaphysics Mm. uh as a discipline right um that uh that i usually turn to joe to right because it's and to be honest this is where philosophy becomes becomes uh, very instrumental in you know Helping our brain not to explode over right. the fact that we we have because we, there's there's charlatans that come out of this right and without the mm. discipline it's really hard to maintain any level of coherence um, and that is, so so I think I honestly think that's where it is so I, I I'd love to hear your response to that Joe um, but also yeah. the, I go back going back to the point you made earlier about humility this is this is where we do struggle right? i think that's what you're stating in your question lewis i love i love that question because mm. the what what makes us so damn special mm. in in this point of time mm. right so if if you go if you go back 100 years 200 years was the, there was no computers there's no quantum mechanics there's no anything to those individuals and how mm. different are things 100 200 years from then like right it, it's like the things that they couldn't even imagine with, this, with their science or anything, what we would be doing in 100, 200 years. They couldn't even – that, that problem, like what we're talking about right now, is like if like aliens – like we coexisted with aliens in about 100 years, right? Right. As, as a possibility, <laughs> right? Right. And, 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 and we made up new physics, right? And there was things that – like that's 200 years. Mm. Yeah. So, like, what what makes us any special that if we yeah. fast forward again two hundred years, another two hundred years, and so on? And and by the way, this is this stuff is exponential, right? Mm-hmm. This is it's not, it's not it's not linear. It's not like oh, another two hundred years, this magnitude of impact in terms of science and physics will be this. No, you're talking about like an exponent difference. Mm-hmm. And so, so then the humility necessary for that is 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 I think what's key, and uh, that's a that's almost like another level of education and knowing. Right. Um, I I don't even know how to wrap my head around that. So, mm-hmm. you, you, Joe, man, I'd love to hear your. Yeah, yeah. 
I can't help but think of Socrates here who is in a certain way philosophically understood is an idol smasher. He, what do I mean by an idol smasher here, right? What he would do by means of uh, his questions is invite folks to see that what they thought they knew, they in fact don't know. Um, And through a process, a laborious process of questioning and and unpacking assumptions and presuppositions, Socrates would invite folks. He would even see himself here uh, philosophically um, as a a, a midwife, which was his mom's profession. And he would also see himself as engaging in a bit of his own father's profession. His father was, I believe, a sculptor. And so the art of questioning and through the use of questioning, helping people to see that though they may understand a particular, they may have some understanding of something, they may in fact need to tighten their definition and really recognize first and foremost they, they, they don't know, right? Uh, right. So this is locked in his own uh, affirmation when he says, I, I, I'm the wisest person insofar as I know that I know nothing. Right. So, again, that epistemic humility as the ground from which we can spring forth into true wisdom. Right. A recognition, a humble recognition of our limits. And this goes directly to your point, Lewis, that uh, the usefulness of the UAP phenomenon, like any other phenomenon that is that 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 stands before us as a deep unknown, the usefulness of it is that it could shock us and rattle us to the point, and now this is scary, right? This is why we tend to not want to go there, but to shock and rattle us to the point where we have to then resituate our own paradigms, our own model, mental Mm -hmm. models Mm -hmm. of the world, our own understanding of things. We can easily fall into an idolatrist um, an idolatrous attachment to what we think we know about mm. the world, you see. And so the unknown, when we, are, when we collide with the unknown, it forces us back on our heels and to reassess, requiring us to reassess what is it that we indeed know. Um, and, and that's helpful, albeit it is scary. Mm. Yes, uh, by means of our protective mechanisms, we do everything we can to not fall into cognitive discipline, uh, dis, uh, dissonance, dissonance yeah. to not fall into these kind of areas of like, oh, my gosh, everything that I believe or thought I knew is falling apart. But there's something deeply healthy, I would submit, in allowing ourselves to engage in the transformative process of being encountered by the unknown so mm. that our awareness and thus our orientation towards the truth is better situated, right? It, it's just going to lead us further into the truth of things. And remember, truth here, as, as I understand it, is always consonant with reality. It's always consonant with being, hmm. right? Truth is what is. Um, and so if my understanding of things and what I think is true does not line up with some real set experiences out there, especially experiences of the unknown, then that threatens my appraisal, my, my, my notion of the truth. And maybe mm-hmm. questions, well, I thought it was true, it's not true, right? And, and so this, again, 
we have to fight against the natural instinct to defend our particular idols, to defend our position. We have to allow ourselves to be transformed through that process. It is a birthing process. Yes, it is painful and scary. But this is how we evolve. This is how we grow. Um, and so if, if what I'm saying is true, then I think this gives us some uh, tools to then reassess our own experience with things like whether it's AI or UAPs or whatever other, right? It's like, okay, that's okay. If what Joe is saying is correct, how have I been, have I just simply been attempting to write off uh, these, these unknowns mm, right. with some said known? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm, like, well, mm-hmm. maybe I'm playing myself, right? But mm. Maybe there's something more to this. Right. And, and, and that's what we are about, right? This podcast is, is explorations. And, hey, if you're exploring, right, <laughs> that means right. You're, you're, you're charting unknown. You're charting the unknown. Right. You're pushing against the edge, right? And, and you're saying, okay, let's see what we can discover. So, yeah, I, I think it has some real application to all of us in that sense. Just... Um very well said, Joe. And just um, just to kind of round out this discussion, I wanted to give Edwin the last word. And, and um, Edwin, can you respond to what Joe said? Um, and also in the context of our conversation about UAPs and 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 just the the idols that we hold on to, like of like what we know. Can you respond to that? Um, yeah, like how, what what did you make of what Joe said, and 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 what do you think of? our discussion of like the intersection of UAPs, AIs and, and epistemology. Yeah, I, I have a bias here, but, um, Joe, Ben, uh, I, I wish you wrote a th- your thesis on, on idolatry. I, I, <laughs> yeah. man, that was, that was right? so well said. I, I just wanted yes. to deep dive into that. Um, but, uh, the, the only thing I would add is that what it, what it brought me to was the, uh, even from a solutions perspective, this whole we started a podcast talking about education and ignorance. Mm. Um, I think that's where we need to we need to start to focus from that perspective. Mm. It's it's I mean it's 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 a shame that we we've stayed so far away from innovation in that space uh, mm. because uh, we keep coming back to that problem that root cause um, and and I think there's an opportunity or opportunity there and. Uh, uh, I would vote Joe to write the curriculum for that um, right away. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much. We're going to continue having these deep dive conversations. So stay tuned for more episodes of Into the Space. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.